Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hello and welcome back. Should salvation change what we do? Should salvation change what we do? In fact, should salvation itself change how the church treats someone? Now, the reason the reason this is coming up is because a good friend of mine shared uh, an experience that I thought was pretty interesting. And he mentioned that the church had an outreach program. A church he knew of had an outreach program. And a lot of people came to this particular outreach program. There was a lot of free stuff, a lot of festivities, a lot of fun stuff going on at at the church. And then uh, uh, this uh, particular person uh, liked what they saw and decided to, hey, check it out a little more. And they did. And they came and they visited the church and kind of checked out a few things. They had a kid, so they were checking out, you know, the youth departments and how things were working there. And then they decided to go ahead and join the church. And the church went ahead and let them join. Now, what's interesting about this scenario is not the fact that she joined the church. What's interesting is that no one in this process ever asked if she knew Jesus. A lot of times people you know, run away from, the, from uh, asking, hey, do you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? Because it's a very uncomfortable question. And it's a very uncomfortable situation. Do you know why? Because that's an uncomfortable issue. And, you know, it really kind of should be. And, and and that sounds kind of kind of strange. You're know, saying, "Well, geez, that's you know, that's just a little kind of kind of forward." Well, here's here's the difference, and and here's here's kind of here's kind of the situation. You don't have to be a believer. You don't have to be a Christian to go to church. And going to a church doesn't make someone a Christian any more than walking in a garage makes somebody a car. Now, church is a neat place. But if you're not a believer, some things are available. And and by that I mean there's support there, should be. 
should be support, should be encouragement, should be ministry. But at some point, it is the church's responsibility. And by church, I don't mean just the local church, because that's true. But the church in general, every believer in Jesus, to ask someone and to say, Hey, do you have a personal relationship with the God of the universe in Jesus? Because the simple, straight up of it is, Jesus made it pretty clear in the New Testament that he said, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. That's pretty focused. And if no one ever asks, then you're really only getting a small portion of everything that God has available. But it's not just what God can give the person. It's the other way around as well. God has expectations. So I asked should salvation change how we behave? And the answer is yes. Absolutely it should. Now does it make you know does it mean we're perfect? No. Far from it. Because people who are saved, people who Jesus calls are sinners first. And they realize it. See, here's the kicker. If you don't know what you're saved from, you don't know you need to be saved. Someone who doesn't know they're drowning doesn't know they need a lifeguard. And you, know, and you might be thinking, well, that's kind of crazy. How can you be drowning and not know it? Well, how about this? Someone who's sick and doesn't know it may not know that they really need a doctor really bad. That happens. That happens a lot sometimes. Somebody doesn't know they're really ill and then all of a sudden, wow, you know, that happened to me when I found out I had uh, thyroid cancer. So here's the thing. The church is more than just a social group. That's part of it. But a social group can pop you in and out of membership. You know? Have all kinds of little hierarchy and stuff. The church is supposed to be, supposed to be, and of course, I'm, you know, show me a perfect church. There's not one, not usually. But it's a family situation because when it's a brother, a sister, then there's supposed to be a lot heavier accountability for the people around that person. But it's not just that. The Holy Spirit 
can make God's power available in their life. Now, salvation is just the tip of the iceberg, and it's not just a ticket to get people into heaven. God's not handing out holy tickets. Oh, here's your ticket, here's your ticket, click, 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 click. That's not that's not what he's he's doing. God saves people for a reason. For a purpose. A higher purpose? Yes. So let's look at this passage in Matthew. Matthew is a very Jewish gospel. I like Matthew. Um in chapter sixteen, verse twenty one. Jesus pretty much understands he's, you know, he's going to die, and uh, he knows it. He's kind of trying to break this to the disciples. But anyway, in chapter uh, 16 of Matthew, verse 21, it says, and it's the ESV version, uh, From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and must suffer many things, from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever shall save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man gain in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, Tall order this. Let me unpack it just a little bit. Now there's two verses, of course, that everyone gravitates to, and that's usually verse 23 and uh, also verse 28. But let's gravitate a little bit more to uh, to so, yeah, yeah, there's 16:24. Because then Jesus told his disciples, and notice it says disciples. Were were the twelve there? Yeah, the twelve were there because uh, you know Peter's talking to him in that you know just before that. But disciples, Jesus had more than just twelve. The twelve were the apostles. He had a bunch of disciples, and he had a lot of lady disciples too. So in this, when he's saying him and and all of this, this is inclusive language. It it means men and women. <laughs> so, 
Because he said here, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, here's the kicker. Why does he say cross? Why does he say cross? They haven't been running around crosses. Now, believe me, the Romans crucified a ton of people. So that was not an unusual thing to look up in the countryside and see the Romans killing somebody on a cross. That was not an unusual event at all. But what is he? But but all of a sudden he's he's take up his cross, take up his cross and follow. Well, Jesus knew what kind of death he was he was heading toward. But also, if you notice in the future, he picked his cross up. That's what they did to the criminals. That's what they did to the the condemned. They had to take up that cross beam, and it was heavy. It was like a blooming railroad tie. It was huge, and they had to carry it on on a pretty messed up uh, back by the way usually take up his cross and follow him now here's the thing deny himself take up his cross and follow him that means something you have to deny yourself now if you're going to church for a social club and just to get services then praise God the church is able to help. But are you denying yourself? Because the purpose is service to Jesus, service to the Lord. And and nobody knows from day to day how long they're going to last on this planet. So urgency is pretty important when it comes to coming to know Jesus. And giving your life to him. Now, Jesus says in verse 25, For whoever would save his life will lose it. Why is that? What does that mean? Well, it's like this. If all you're doing is you're focused on your own little life, then no matter how hard you try to pull that life together, it's going to slip through your fingers. It's like squeezing jello. It's just going to slip through your fingers. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, is Jesus talking about dying? Possibly. Dying for Jesus and being a martyr? Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. But to lose your life to Jesus means you're giving it up. You're giving your life over to him. How do you do that? You do that daily and you do that with a decision first. You, you have to admit you need to be saved from something. Well, what are you saved from? Sin in your life, in the core. It's like a cancer. you got to be cured of cancer to keep living. And sin is a cancer. So you have to confess that you that you have sin in your life. There are things you've thought and done and, and things that have happened they're wrong, that that separate you from God. Then, you have to realize and admit Jesus is the answer to that and accept the fact that he died to pay the price for that sin and to take it away. 
cure you of your cancer sin. And then when he does that, you're cured indeed, but you belong to him. You lose your life because you belong to Jesus anymore. It doesn't belong to you. He paid for you. We paid with his blood and his life. So that means you belong to him. Now, then Jesus goes on, verse 26, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? There's tons of people with bunches of money and power. Believe me, you know. You can look in the paper and you can see, see people. And there's nothing the matter with having money, and there's nothing the matter with having real responsibility that comes with power. <laughs> but here's the thing. Not a, not a bit of that will expand your life one second. And then, of course, and then Jesus says, Or what shall a man or woman give in return for their soul? Well, I'll tell you what, people don't think about their soul a whole blooming lot until the end. The problem is, not a lot of people get an opportunity to sit and peruse about it. Oh, you know, I'm going to go pretty quick. I need to... You know, some people do, but a lot of people don't. Well, hey, when should you repent? There's a Jewish saying, and I love it. They, there's some students who went to a rabbi and asked him, Rabbi, when should we repent? And the rabbi says... The day before you die. And then they said, well, we don't know when we're going to die. <laughs> and that's the point. That's the time, immediately, that's the time to turn to Jesus. Now, Jesus makes it pretty clear here in 27. For the Son of Man, and that is a messianic term, by the way, the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in glory of His Father, which means the Father is sending Him. God the Father, the Father of Israel, is sending Jesus back. And then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Well, so what does that mean? What He's done, does that mean I earn my salvation? Well, let's look at it this way. If you do evil, and you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, you have no relationship with God through Jesus, then do you really want to weigh that as far as good and bad? Do you really want to go that far? That's when the verse says, there are none that, are, that is righteous, no, not one. Uh, now here's the thing. Uh, says he will repay each person according to, to what he has done. Well, listen. If you turned your life over to Jesus, over to the Lord, over to the, to the Lord God of Israel, through Jesus, the Messiah, then that is... <laughs> that's a... That is... Gee, what other... What other... Uh, moment could be any more important because then you belong to him now believers still 
get disciplined and get judged, just not judged as far as are you going to be here in heaven with me or not. It's more like, I wonder what kind of rewards you're going to get. Paul even mentioned some some people smelling like fire, like they were flying right over uh, you know, hell on their way to heaven. Uh, and some theologians believe that to be the case. But let me just say this. Uh, if you act if you act like an idiot and you're uh, and you belong to Jesus, you go and you know God the Father. He's going to discipline you. He's gonna he's going to take a piece of you and straighten you out, and that can make you quite miserable for as long as it takes for you to turn yourself around. If you're lost, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Through, and where the God of Israel through Jesus, uh, that's a whole different ball game. And believe me, nobody, nobody wants to be in that kind of position. So, being a church, joining a church, is a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. It's a way to get fantastic resources. But you need to understand the resources are there to bring you to the source of all resources. And that's the Lord God of Israel and His Son, Jesus. And then once you plug into that, God's going to fill you up with all kinds of gifts so that you can go out and help other people. Because that's what the church is supposed to be doing in the first place. It's supposed to be equipping people to do ministry. So, is it a bad thing to uh, for a church to, you know, bring somebody on board? No. But I do think this. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's I don't think it is being fair or right to the person who's joining to not talk to them about the Lord Jesus and find out do you know do you know the God of the universe and yeah it's uncomfortable because when you talk about repentance you have to talk about sin and sin is not fun well Let's just say, repenting from sin <laughs> is not a situation that makes people think about, oh, gee, this is really cool, cool situation. This feels great. No, because you have to go back through your brain of all the horrendous things you've done, and you have to admit with God that that's wrong. And then you return, you confess to Him, and you turn from it. That's what repentance is about but you have to turn away from something to something and that is to the living God so that being the case I want to encourage you don't give up doing good keep on keeping on but also Thank you every chance you get this speak it on speak it on as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.